Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcast. Under no circumstances is this to be thought of as a very special episode of The Revenge of the 80s Kids, even though the 80s, of course, was the time of a very special episode of whatever it was that you wanted. But uh, we have taken the opportunity, while Justin is enjoying the fruits of fame and and glory, uh, to convene to discuss uh, a special topic. So... um, even though we should, you shouldn't think of it that way, it kind of is. And now I've thoroughly confused myself. I am Leo, and I am one of the 80s kids. And tonight, I am joined by... Oh, was, uh, me. I am Ian. I am another one of the 80s kids. But today, for a very special occasion, we also have... Oh, I'm Sue. I'm not one of the 80s kids, but you are... I am an 80s yeah. kid. You are, yeah, but you are an 80s kid. I am an 80s kid, but I'm not one of your regular 80s kids. Yeah, but that's nice. People probably prefer that, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> that, oh, good, it's her. You know, like, oh, excellent. There might, I don't have to there might not be after this one. No, trust me. No, the reason I intend to keep very quiet this week. The extra <laughs> reason why. And this has been a topic that we've wanted to sort of uh, address for some time. In fact, almost since the very beginning of the podcast itself because that's when Star Trek Into Darkness came out, and uh, Sue and I had a conversation about uh, a particular storm in the teacup, which we shall get to in a short while, that surrounding that. But we'd done like three or four episodes at that point, and it didn't seem right to see it. But now we're in, you know, we've done, we've got 20 episodes under our belt, at least. It's more like 22 or whatever. <laughs> so we're, we're ready. We've, we've, we've juiced ourselves up. So we're going to discuss... Um, Misogyny in genre cinema today. So it's a big topic, and not, no, no doubt we'll have to have a follow-up. But this is just a sort of initial thing. But as that could get quite heavy, we've made sure that we're going to at least start and try to end on a positive note. And we're going to start with a positive note with me asking you, Sue, what do you think? So that we can set the context, is a good example of a good movie for everybody in the genre category. That um, I can give you a franchise, Alien. Well, yeah. Alien franchise, okay. The whole thing. Uh, Ripley, full stop, end of story. Full stop. The woman is hardcore. So, yes. um, Well, right, okay. So, to get a bit more detail out of that, there was a point, and there is a thesis in discussions about Alien, where people say, ah, but Ripley's just, you know, a male character in, you know, with with, with where they cast the woman. that was certainly true of the original draft script, but I think it, it's obviously, especially with performance, I think that was straightened out. Yeah, so so explain why this is not the case. I just want to get into it. What, you think what... women can't be hard? No, no, saying. it's not about women <laughs> Again, can't be hard. it's... No, I'm, I'm reporting it's, it's the thing. Like, I think we forget that women are A, capable, and B, you know, on our own, more than... I, I think it's the lines, it's, it's the rebuffal, it's the fact that she doesn't, run around caring about doing a lipstick and she doesn't run around caring about what she's wearing and she doesn't run around caring about, you know, ooh, men, ooh, sexy men around. She runs around caring about how the hell she's going to kick the fuck out of that alien. That's how it should be. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're I mean, presented with big alien thing in front of you, your focus should be how the hell are we going to deal with that problem? That's uh, that's that's the proper mindset to have, whether you're a man or a woman. Does does do I don't know this, but for certain, do a lot of women like Alien and Aliens? I don't know, but I do. I think it's a great little film, and I think I do. I don't think women hate it. I don't think women hate the film. It'd be more because of genre, I would have thought, that just yeah. does not 
particularly appreciative of science fiction horror. Yeah. I mean, uh, for all the awfulness of the of the corporate future that's in the alien universe, there's there's no real gender politics going on in, in common workplaces, like even on the, the trucker hauling ship in the first film. None of it's there. They're all just bed down together in the same hibernation suite, and they get up and just get on with their jobs and argue about job stuff mainly. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying, they just do what they're supposed to do. There is no mindset of, oh, she's a girl, she can't do that, or, oh, he's a man, he can't do that. It's, well, they yeah, just properly get film, on with it. That's women how, in the military. That's how it should be. Right, okay. Um, the thing that I would, I would possibly move to say, because I think that there is, I'm not sure that it's true that if it, you know, Given everything being equal, there's no reason why. There's no reason why women as a gender should be, oh, it's science fiction, so I don't like that. You know, Sue should not be unusual among that. There may be, there are certain men that are like, I don't really understand science fiction. I don't watch it. I like football and I like beer and I don't really get on with aliens. So when you say, oh, yeah, most women don't like alien and aliens because, yeah. you know, it's science fiction, that says that there's something inherently male about the dominion of science fiction, which is something I'd rather get away from. So I am just curious as to that whole, you know, why, why is it that there aren't a lot of people who are well I, into... Right, I actually, we had this conversation earlier, and I'm going to go in there a little bit. I think men embraced geek culture. I think mm. men took on everything to do with geekism quite quickly from the 70s with Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars and all that kind of stuff quite embraced it I think it tapped into something in young men quite quickly I think women over the years have started to appreciate it a little bit more but the problem is for women is if you like that kind of thing you automatically have to agree with you men who embraced it and if you don't you are kind of almost trodden all over you're almost kind of beaten to within an inch of your life um and that can be quite intimidating for a woman to stand up to all these men who were like stood there going no this is the way it is and if you don't like it that way leave and that that's quite because you do that to each other but you men know how to take that we don't because we're kind of in this society thing where we don't know if we're supposed to be kind of pleasing you or not and it's become down to this kind of manipulation of the sexes and this kind of do women want to please men and be with men who are geeky men and if they like the things that you like then are they bad and if they're not then and women who identify themselves as geeks I think a lot of the time are actually scared of you men because I think they don't dare say what they actually really think. Well, yeah, I do think that there's a definite um, thing in when you look at fanboy culture. Um, there's enough male fanboys and well fans of things, yeah. franchises that when you look at fa- I look at internet rage and people getting involved in these massive geek fests of oh I'm really emotionally invested in this. And I just go, yeah, all right. And then I walk away because that's not really, you know, I keep thinking maybe I have an opinion and I'm like, not one that I can be bothered to create an internet account and then type out. I think it'll go further than that though, Leo. I, I mean, um, if you're, if you're a, a girl gamer, there's a, there's a suspicion about you, but are you yeah. a real gamer or are you, just, are you just playing a particular genre of games and then calling yourself a gamer as if being a fan of a particular slice of gaming, but yeah. you can't claim the word gamer. Yeah. The same true in, in fandom of Doctor Who. I think there's a real suspicion about... Because Doctor Who has a lot of a girl, uh, girl fangirls now. It always did, but they were in a small number. Now it's grown in, in the more, more popular Doctor Who. And the suspicion that, oh, you came along with new Doctor Who. You weren't there for the old days. Not a real fan. And it, ah. it's, it's a very kind of segregatory way of going about it. It's I almost a suspicion. Like... It's almost as if they have to prove they're a true fan. And you wouldn't do that to somebody else. Well, yeah. what you mean is you wouldn't do that to a man, yeah. which is interesting, because actually, if anyone did that as a man, I would say, well, you should probably be, I mean, especially if you were a big, you know, 
Doctor Who fan, like, oh, yeah, I'll watch Doctor Who and I'll discuss Doctor Who and I'll discuss the latest episode. But if you're going to be suspicious of someone, you should be suspicious of me because I've watched, every, I have, I've not watched most of old Who and I've watched every episode of new Who in full once and then I just don't really think about it again. I might catch yeah. five minutes of it because it's re- rotated constantly on television, but I only make a special time for it when it's first on, and I never feel a need to revisit it, no, and it's but, just but, something but, that happens. But I, I know you're no more a fan of Doctor Who than you are of any other genre TV series that you watch. It's something that's on, you like it, it occasionally has quite good episodes, no, no. or comment about it, as you would about any science fiction series. I'm, it's just far, more about, I'm far more a fan of Supernatural. This is what I'm saying, I, I would say I'm a Supernatural fan. Yeah, and, and yeah, there are things that I'm a massive, massive fan of. Doctor Who isn't one of them. Yeah. I like Doctor Who, but it happens, and then it's gone. And and that's the... I mean, you know, I'll make the effort to record it off the TV and then watch it, but I'm not going to buy DVDs, probably. I don't really want to revisit it. Um, so there, there, was a, there was a thing... Maybe I'll link it. There was a, there's a, there's a podcast just by Doctor Who fangirls called Verity named after the first producer, Verity Lambert. And they did an episode all about fangirls and Doctor Who, and they cover a lot of themes with what I just raised. I might put it in the links to this episode so people can go enjoy it. Uh, because they, 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 they all talk at length about the kind of misogyny that, 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 that comes along with this territory, especially on the internet, where it's not so much that, that women, 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 I presume it's not the case when we're not being interested in science fiction, it's the fact that it's a bit of a boys, the boys have all got there first and made a big clubhouse. Yeah. And so it's it's an intimidating yeah. environment to go into, and the internet tends to be a bit of a sausage factory anyway, because yeah. I would assume yeah. most women have better things to do or they than argue on the internet. Um, so yeah, yeah, it is it is quite intimidating to be a woman who identifies herself as anything that's slightly geeky, anything that's slightly that kind of way, anything that's slightly into sci-fi, into this, that, and the other, because it kind of puts you in this situation where you're suddenly you know well, up against well, the them that, yeah, yeah the fact you're up against is, the men it works like, against you no the, it's like you're, you're like if there's a lots of there's, there's some women who do uh gaming podcasts or, or video casts on youtube or yeah. whatever and there is an accusation thrown at them like you, you're only popular because you have breasts basically yeah. uh, and it's like what's well, kind of unfair they've chewed up you know a fair few years worth of doing this one would assume they have a degree of passion to have been at it that long uh, and it's just like, you know, there's no equivalent accusation for men, is there? You know, yeah. <laughs> we don't throw at you lot. Oh, you're only reading Harry Potter because you've got a penis. You know, that's you know, that what well, I'm saying. You need to be a fan of sex in the city because you want to get with girls. Face it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, what was that that you said there? Uh, you're only a fan of sex in the city because you want to get it with the girl fans. Yeah. That's the only reason you're doing it to be popular. That, that's there the is, only equivalent I, I can think of. There is definitely a thing there where... There are certain highbrow, middle-aged uh, critics usually using this to bash the Sex and the City movies, actually. Who said, oh, yes, yes, I really liked Sex and the City, the TV show. It was smart and it was funny. And, and, and it's like, yes, I'm a man and I'm blessing the television series with, yes, a man likes it, so it must be okay. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, well done, mate. Very good. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily the best way to go about things <laughs> You men have to own everything, and you yeah. have to kind of give your blessing to everything, and you, you, you believe everything's about you. Everything's about you. Even the Sex and the City movie, you all came back going, "Oh, women don't buy shoes. How dare you all?" Yeah, that's what I found quite funny about. You know, that. how dare you? Mark Commode's exact words, and I, I'm going to address this to Mark. Well, Commode. I don't, I don't know whether he, these are yeah. going to be his exact words. But, but yeah, I'm going to address this. this is, it's the spirit of this thing, and I'm addressing this to Mark Commode if he does listen. Which he does. Uh, well, yeah. if he does ever <laughs> listen to this, or somebody can pass this on to him, was that basically, you know, it's misogynistic because women don't buy shoes. They're not. Right. I think the more thing is. They're not so blatantly greedy and consumers. That's what's misogynist about it, is that it displays women as, as completely into things and not, you know. hate to tell you this, Mark. 
if you gave me a million pound, I'd dump my husband and quite happily buy Jimmy Choo's all day long. <laughs> well, no, but would you? Would you? Uh, I don't think you. Do, you don't necessarily need to dump me. To no, but I'm on about. <laughs> I just in the house. Oh right, and, I see. <laughs> so yes. I, I, I mean, I'd dump you in the house and leave you playing video games yes. and go right, buy Jimmy Choo's. How much space does Leo take up in order to have to kick him out to make more space for shoes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was quite interesting. <laughs> But yeah, but that, I mean, well, this is the thing. I think that the way that you... I spend all day in my life when I've got a five-minute window planning houses that I don't even have, with decorating items and clothes and things yeah. that I don't even own. That's what a woman's mind does. Sorry, get over it. But that's the and that's the thing. I mean, I think there's a certain amount of misogyny in the idea that a woman cannot can be somehow less worthwhile. Because that's how she thinks about things. Just because men... I mean, what Sue makes me realise is that there are certain things that I like, e.g. my DVDs and my PlayStation, but that when it comes to a table, I really don't care. But does that mean because someone does care about tables that they're necessarily less of a person? But the table is a mundane and functional item. Exactly. Um, Depends yes. on how pretty the table is. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. I mean, and I think that's the, the point is that, I mean, essentially all of this comes from the fact that men, a lot of men neither understand nor accept women. <laughs> well, yes, but I think that comes through in that the, the often, the, that feminist word of privilege. Uh, of that men have made themselves the default. Feminists either they didn't. We, well, well, let's not go there because the the feminism is a big feminism is a, nearest, is a Venn diagram yeah. anyway. The nearest um, one is that thing that you said the be- that we were you were talking about earlier. The the, the famous Bechdel test, which is um, you know which has become a sort of rule of thumb for testing you know how woman friendly a movie is. Does the woman have two women in it? Who talk to each other about something other than a man, and 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 more. I think that's more a sort of a little nugget, which kind of says, look how few movies, yeah. you know, actually conform to that. But even some women's films have that. This sort of saying, Sex in the City is women talking about men and shoes, but that is aimed at women, and that's fine. It's Don't the women? Woman... Ah, but if the, the women in Sex in the City at any point have an argument about how they feel about the other women who are the main characters, that is the point at which it passes the test because they're not arguing about a man. Yeah, yeah. They're arguing about how they feel about each other, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, and th- so they can spend as much time. They, they may have another conversation in which they do talk about yeah. relationships with men, but yeah. at some point they have to have a conversation about something else. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, but that's what men think is what women are about. No. And it's like, actually, you've kind of got us all mixed up and not understanding us very well and that's the problem it's that whole what women want thing and why you can't understand us and what women want was that a great film I guess we ought to talk about the things that get it really wrong sorry what's that Ian Ian? what women want that Mel Gibson film it's only he said what women want and suddenly the film rushed back into my head Uh, well that gives me that brings us to the end of the the, the, the point where we were saying well on the one hand women get accused of if they like you know Action movies. No, no, uh, they're, just, the, uh, they're not fans. Well, the first, well, oh, sorry. No, sorry. Well, of course, I'm just, I'm just reiterating your point. Really, I'm just saying. Yeah, of course, course. they're people. Okay. They can like whatever they want. Like, what business is it of mine? Yeah. The, um, reverse, but, the reverse of that, I would say, is this strange thing that they've done statistical, like questionnaire-based studies on, where a lot of men enjoy a romantic comedy, but in the same breath as they'll say, oh, yeah, I'll happily sit down with a romantic comedy, they identify that they believe they are the only man who wants <laughs> a romantic comedy and that no other man would ever do it and that it's not a man's thing. Oh, They're just get like, over it, men, you all do it. And that is what that's the thing. I mean, you know, that, that's the, the fact I, I that a lot of men... I must break through here. I must break through it and say, but think about romantic comedies is, is it usually about the emotional journey of the man? In learning what a bit of a dick he is and having to apologise for the, the mistakes he's made. Depends. Depends on the. It depends upon the romantic comedy. Uh, we we got one that you like very much, don't you? See, uh, what's your number? Yeah. Which is not really about a man at all. No, it's about her. It's completely about her. 
And then there's the Shopaholic movie. Yeah. That's not about a man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Devil Wears Prada is about the interaction of two women. And in fact, that passes the Bechdel yeah. test because they talk about clothes all the time. They barely talk about men at all. So. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, and, and it's the question of, you know, I mean, that's the point. If a man goes, oh, yeah, I really love the Devil Wears Prada, women are not going to, are you only saying that? You're not a real fan. <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't happen. Yes, I really love romantic comedies, he said, slipping his arm behind her shoulder on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so that the point is, yeah, it, it's weird that the, the inequality is, is addressed in such a way that you can't just turn around and do the opposite of what one person does to another and have the balance be redressed. It doesn't work like that. Because men do not get accused of not being real fans of My Little Pony. Um, the same <laughs> way women get accused of not re- being real fans. They get accused of not being heterosexual. That's, that's about as far as it goes, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, but but by other what... men, not yeah. by women. No, women, yeah. don't, women don't go, oh, don't come into our special clubhouse for My Little Pony. Then, then just, that doesn't happen. Whereas men are constantly, women aren't allowed in the Star Wars club. You know, that sounds like something a man would say. Mm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, let's let we we sh- yes we should indeed get on to things that that get it really wrong. Which actually we haven't really talked about things that get it really wrong. Um, well, we went to see one the other day. We did, of course. I mean, this is kind of what prompted the uh, the fact that we. I mean, you know, many factors um, aligned. It didn't bother me. Let's talk about what it is. We talk, We went to see Riddick, yeah. and it has, in retrospect ruined the franchise for me and I was a massive Riddick fan so yeah good work there guys um <laughs> it didn't bother me so much it really didn't bother me so much because I don't expect anything less to be honest with you which sounds horrible but I don't expect anything yeah, but less the, the weird thing about it is for me okay that many times there's a there's a, a oh this is misogynist and I go was that misogynist you know not particularly and in this case we're, oh yes oh like yeah that. it yeah. was it was very very almost to the extreme edge of misogyny um even though katie's what's her face I can't, Sackhoff. Sackhoff's character is a little bit hard and can beat people up she still has to get her breasts out she's still referred to as a uh, as a bitch a lesbian a whore a thing to fuck all the way through the film it's it's the extreme edge of men talking to women like they're a piece of trash on a on a shoe. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah, it's the extreme end of it. Um, however, as I says, I don't expect anything less from those kind of action films anymore. So there's also the naked women rolling around on the bed having the lesbian scene with Riddick watching them, and you know it's it's yeah, it's very misogynistic. It's it's an action film. It's, I don't expect much. Okay, but if you were to take Chronicles of Riddick, does it it's go to that extreme? It's unusual for Riddick, because this is what kind of spoils it a little bit, because Riddick normally doesn't really pitch, care well, about women well, that, pitch black, that yeah, degree. Pitch Black, certainly. Yeah. You know. Riddick normally doesn't, himself, is not normally well, pitch black, that in way. Fact, by contrast, Pitch Black Again, it's weird. We come up with these things and then say, oh, yeah, it's remarkable how few films pass this test. But now I come to think about it, in Pitch Black, the the pilot of the ship that crashes is Rada Mitchell. Yeah. And then uh, Claudia Black is on board. Yeah. And if they pass two words to each other, it's certainly not about a man. No, it's, it's about, about how they're, they're going to kill d- things. Yeah. yeah gonna, or get killed on a yeah. desert planet. So yeah. that must pass the test. Yeah. Because there aren't that many people on the spaceship. Yeah. Oh, plus, of course... Jack yeah. is a girl mm. and not a... So, yeah. It was... So, Jack's a girl? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Spoilers for that uh, 13-year-old movie. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no. But the point is that, therefore, you've got a series which has fairly... You know, like Dame Varco in Chronicles is, you know, is a complete Lady Macbeth character. She plays her husband like a violin. Mm. And never has to... She's always in control of what Carl yeah. Urban's character does. Yeah. Jack, again, beats loads of people up and then, yeah. you know, survives and then all to of the a planet. Sudden now we've got the women being treated like dirt again. Yeah, and it's just weird. That and it's a, a weird switch. It's bec- a weird... Because to a certain extent, it would have. it's fine that they had a misogynist character yeah. in Riddick. But everybody... But the fact that 
there was not one person who had a problem with it who was male, and there was including Riddick, yeah. and that's what undermines yeah, it. Yeah, at not one point did anybody turn around and say, you know, you shouldn't speak to her like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you know... That, this and is then what... even Riddick spoke to her like yeah, that. Because, it was like, hold on a minute, was... you're the hero, dude. You shouldn't be speaking to her like that. Have, um, you, have you seen Riddick, Ian? No, but I've, I've read the online um, argument. Well, anyway, I mean, the point is that the, the, there's two mercenary crews, and one of the mercenaries, the leader of one, is speaks in a misogynistic and downgrading way towards Katie Sackhoff's character, who's in the other crew, and the captain kind of goes, oh, don't talk to her like that, in a kind of dismissive, don't talk to my people. No, he kind of does it in a way that's like, oh, she'll beat you up, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then she does beat him up, and we're supposed to go, oh, yeah, she beat him up, so that's fine, you can still talk to her like crap. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like... like, And then Riddick talks to her like crap, and it's like... On a basic... And then she gets naked... And takes her tits out, and everybody's touching her up, and it's like, oh, go away. Well, not, not everybody, no, or indeed so. anybody. No, but... he, he's there with his hands going through the... Yeah, oh, but he's it's ste- all very he was stealing something. I know, but it's all very creepy. It it's is a bit creepy. creepy. Yes. And yeah. it's all very misogynistic, and, and it's and all very that, and the point, pushed to its limits. Yeah, and the point of the fact that it's not none of it is necessary, and it's in a series that has had a good track record on just being a science fiction adventure, that's what ruins it for me. It's like, well, now you've taken something which was a good example of why these things aren't awful and made it into an example of why things are awful and unnecessary and gratuitous. And that's what ruins it for me. So, yeah. Yeah, It's also about the Riddick should be above this kind of thing because he's so independent. And and someone who is, you know, he's he's a stateless individual. He's, he's totally, so you'd think he'd have like, you know, if you respect me, I'll respect you back. That, that, that how, you know, that's how you cohabit with Riddick. He just don't mess with him, he won't mess with you. You'd think that kind of ethos would be kind of like, he'd, you know, have some respect for women. Treat them nice. You'll get further in life, son. You know? Yeah. And what, I mean, what, what I would, so, yeah, I mean, that's a recent example, but is there anything from the history of cinema that you... Oh, there's loads of them. I mean, Watchmen was atrocious. Yes. Watchmen yes. obviously has one of the most... Yes, he tried to rape me, but he was so charming. I mean, it probably has one of the most gratuitous, long-drawn-out gratuitous sex scenes on the history of the planet. Hmm. It, it was unnecessarily uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... That's still very recent, though. Um, but I'm going. I'm going. I'm going backwards in my mind. It's fine. Um, I, I had a pe- I had a theory I pulled out of my ass that basically things have gotten worse over time because Ripley was thirty years ago. I don't know. Things were still. Some things were. You know. I mean, to be honest with you, Star Wars. Um, when Jabba the Hutt and Leia. That was horrific. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, to... how sexist do you want to be? He's basically fucking chained her up in skimpy costumes and he's basically sexually abusing her. Uh, I suppose the, the, the Star Wars fan might go, but ah, that was all part of the plan. It would put her in a position where she could strike and kill Jabba by strangling him to death at the right moment. Yeah. I mean, Maybe uh, strangling to death uh, before he sexually abuses you, love. <laughs> do you know um, what I mean? Before yeah, like, the little like, tentacle goes up your skirt, love. Do you know oh, what I mean? It was, it was purely like let, let's put Carrie Fisher in a metal bikini, you know, and, and suddenly a whole generation of, of boys has their first sexual thought in their in entire lives. Um, but it's interesting that you know, when he was first devising Star Wars, the Luke Skywalker character was a woman, and it's strange by the time you get to screen, the only character left is the princess he needs rescuing from the bad guy's castle. And Even though Prince Day is reasonably tough. I suppose the one that gets uh, levelled at a lot with the misogyny is James Bond. How do we feel about James Bond? Oh, God. Go. I mean, every woman in James Bond is a bint. <laughs> define, define for the folks at home, bint. Absolutely useless sampering. I'm just going to put my lipstick on while there's explosions going on around me. Ah, that woman. Well, not all the Bond girls have been that way. There have been examples. Even Midnight from Golden Gun was particularly bad for being a bit of a for being bid, as you say. Yeah. Um, 
there was the Russian agent from Spy Who Loved Me. Would you describe her as? Uh, I'm trying to think of counterexamples because there has there has been a little diversity in Bond girls. Admittedly, uh, they've all got the plot arc of by the end of the film she goes to bed she with James Bond. She always sleeps with Bond and she always has perfect makeup all the way through and wears something quite sexual all the way through. Yeah, I'm sorry, they're all bins. Every last one of them. Every last one of them. Even the one Grace Jones did. All the way through that film, I was going, Grace Jones' character in this is quite hard, actually. She's killing people, she's doing this, that, and this. And then she sleeps with him! <laughs> and you're like, that's it. That's it. The one I thought would not oh. sleep with him, slept with him. Here's <laughs> a surprise. That this surprise. She's me. more masculine than Roger Moore is in that film, and then she <laughs> sleeps with him. We have, well, we have, well, that stage, Roger Moore was an old man, so it doesn't really count. Yeah, we have... Um, one thing which is uh, unique about our perspective, I think, on James Bond films, which is that I was surprised to find at the last James Bond film that um, James Bond colours American men's view of what British men are like. Yeah. That, that because British men in movies are either the villain, but when it's, then he's the hero, it tends to... I mean, I didn't think about this, but James Bond is really the only British action hero that exists. And Robin Hood? Often played by an American. Yeah, but it's still Robin Hood. Well, yeah, I know. He's but British. Uh, well, yeah, but played in the last two instances by Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe. Yeah, can we uh, have him back, please? He's from my hometown. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> but yeah, so, which, so the point stands that they, they, always, they make a big deal of oh. the fact that James Bond He's British. Robin Hood happens to be English, but he's from the past. Yeah. Whereas James Bond is supposed to be a contemporary British man. And that actually American men are like, oh, when I meet a British man, they're all going to be like James Bond. I'm like, really? No. What's interesting about the last James Bond incident was the male, male interaction there that caused all the controversy. Yes. But really? that's not, we're not here for that. Yeah. Did you not know about that? I thought the controversy was about the fact that there is a, a woman there who's employed by... Well, not employed, she's enslaved by the chief <laughs> villain, and she's come up through... Wasn't she like a prostitute? She's like a child prostitute, and she's sort of worked her way up to being this kind of organising escort woman that he has, and so she's an abuse victim, and Bond sleeps with her to get gain her trust. Oh, but the thing is that and doesn't... when she gets shot by the boss, by the villain, for her betrayal... Bond gives a quip about, oh, that was a waste of good scotch, because she was balancing a shot of scotch on her head when she was shot. Uh, and that well, was yeah, like, oh, that's did, a bum note. People did argue about that, but the point is that it didn't cause as much of a furore as um, James Bond intimating that he might be a bit bi. And the well, point he, we is, probably went to public schools, but, you know, boarding school. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> we probably did have a bit of a bit of a boy's fumble. People did get quite upset about that far more than they did about the misogyny for the same simple reason that Bond's had, you know, 20 movies or whatever to get uh, across. Misogyny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so more misogyny, where it's kind of what we've been but put something that looks like Bond might be being sexually abused a little bit by another man. Oh, no! God. It's never happened yeah. before. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, really? That? I thought it'd be more about the the villain turns out to be gay would be more of an issue. I would have thought. <laughs> but was the? But I don't think that was really the the the, the thing there. No, no, no. I mean, transgender get it worse. Transgender nearly always a bit weird in the head in every film they're in. Yeah. But anyway, that's a that's a separate issue altogether. Yes, we'll go back to those issues maybe another time. But. But yeah, there are a lot of films that get it, can sometimes do things that you just think, what the hell are you doing? But there are also films that people get up in arms about that I think are wrong. I think they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the point where we want to make the... Uh, the, the, the Star Trek. Yes, the Star Trek point. Yeah, was was it, wasn't it just awful that had that gratuitous shot where she takes up all her clothes and she's standing there in underwear? What a completely pointless gratuitous shot, just there to please the men. Thank you, that, thank you for summarising the issue there, Ian. Sue. It's not. For what reason? She, she completely was in control of that scene. She deliberately teased him. 
she could have gone and got changed in a separate room from him, come out, already changed. She deliberately took him into that room, deliberately turned around to him and said, turn around. She deliberately knew he was going to look at her. She deliberately knew she was going to embarrass him. She did it as a control mechanism, and that was a woman empowering herself over him. That was not misogyny. That was actually a woman taking control, and that was actually quite smart emotionally. Well, because it's using her sexuality to exert control, is, is there something about that? There is something interesting about that, but women do that anyway, because if you look at the emotional dynamics of that, that is actually more honest than most films will ever be about how women take control over men and manipulate men. Yeah, the canonically, um, you know, the idea was that that character, I think, was supposed to be in the past, in the other timeline, Kirk's other half at yeah. some point yeah. or another. Yes, so she's the, they had a fling in the past. In Star Trek 2, she, she turns up. And uh, it established that sometime in the past it had a thing, and she'd become pregnant, and it said, I want you to have nothing to do with this boy's life, get out. And so, they, so essentially they were riffing on that, that she was always one step ahead of Kirk's, yeah. you know, dalliances. Yeah. And that, that's what, but it's like you say, I mean, you know, it, it's like everybody turned around and went misogyny, and then there, this is the first time that we've put out a dissenting voice to the idea that it is. You know. I'm actually going, come on, women, be honest about it. Were you offended? Because I really, really wasn't with that one. I was sat there going, you crafty cowbag. That's what I was sat there going. I was sat there going, I know exactly why you're doing that to him. That poor boy, you cowbag. Well, yeah, I, mean? I, mean, yeah, I mean, the whole issue is that... And the fact that you men didn't see that just proves how dumb you men are. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, how dumb need a podcast to find that out. Men. Sorry. <laughs> I think, I think it's, it, it, Kirk sees, it, Kirk sees more racy things than that before he's had his cornflakes, and yet he looks humbled and goes, oh, I'm sorry, in the movie. And that's the whole point. It's like, to get that is a major triumph out of the man who sleeps with two aliens, you know, and then nips off for his morning jog. You, you take... yeah, I, I, it could be true. You say the controversy is more about men seeing the underwear shot and going, oh, there's going to be trouble about that. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, rather than any actual outrage on behalf of women about it. Uh, I, well, my, yeah, I mean, I started to get to the point. I didn't really either have a problem with it in any place. I think it's because you've been with me long enough yeah. and you've sat next to me watching it and yeah, I just yeah, thought yeah. it was hysterical. Yeah, well, I but, was sat there going, yay! What? Yeah, but there must <laughs> okay, be... Okay, one, one last... One last att- there must be a certain portion of the male audience who were like in with Kirk. They were like, and so when he felt awkward, they all felt awkward, and that's the point which oh, it must be misogynist. That must be why I feel awkward, not because I've been manipulated into be, feeling ashamed for looking at a woman in her underwear when it never occurred to me. Wait a second, she didn't have to do that. She, there was no, re- and in fact, people raged about the fact and blamed the filmmakers. It's like, well, no, but if you follow the mental through line of the character, if she did do that, maybe there was a reason. Nobody else made that point. Do you know? Okay, I mean? one one last final attempt to uh, to do state the case that that it was misogyny, and that was the fact that that shot was included in the trailer, where it would have been robbed of context, which is just kind of going boobies during the course of the flashing of exploding yeah. images they're throwing at you. Sue? I kind of agree with that a little bit, that that was just a, look, bloke, there might be some boobs in this. Uh, but wait, wait a second, in. can I just refer you to the trailer for Olympus Has Fallen? But I was just going to say, but to be fair, right, if it got you in to sit there uncomfortably squirming in your seat as a woman actually just battered Kirk down... I don't care. I think that was fabulous. But and, and by the same <laughs> by the same token, how do you characterise the trailer for Olympus Has Fallen? Go. 
I don't really remember Olympus's Fall. The one we're going to see later, the one with Channing Tatum. Oh, okay. that's um, ladies, ladies, ladies! Look at Channing Tatum in a suit now, taking his top off and walking, running around with his bulging biceps out. Ladies, ladies, ladies! This film has got explosions in for your husband, but look as Channing Tatum's got his biceps out. Ladies, ladies, ladies! You and can watch this film even though it's not meant for you because Channing Tatum's in it and he's got a six pack. Oh, and just for those women who aren't. To Channing Tatum, Jamie Foxx! Ladies, ladies, ladies! And isn't that, isn't that kind of the same approach that the yeah. Marvel have taken with their cinematic universe? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you go into, uh, you know, Avengers, and that is ladies, ladies, ladies! Do you want the tall, brooding one who you want to save because he's mentally distressed and, you know, but he's a millionaire, he'll look after you. Do you want the one who's got rage issues and you want to look after because he's got rage issues, but again, he's as smart as a button. Do you want the one who's lost in time and needs mothering? Yay, but he's a big, hulking man. Or do you want the one who's come down from another planet with his long, golden, flowing locks? Ladies, 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 your man will want to see this film, but so will you. <laughs> <laughs> well, cynical as that might be, uh, th- I suppose the whole thing is offence, and I don't think men are on the whole offended by man candy being around in films. Uh, why are women? We're not either. We're not either. You can have your eye candy. We're not bothered about eye candy. It's all but about it's all about, you know, oh, you're putting up a, a, a highly... Glamorized sexual image for men, which will women can't really compete with because that's a film star and not an average person. Sexual, you can have a woman who's who's sexy. You can have a woman who's there as eye candy. Just give her some something that's not about swooning over a man, putting some lipstick on, falling over, and being killed while in the film. Make her have some power, and that's why Star Trek is not misogynistic because she was completely in control of that scene and that's why Ripley's not misogynistic because she's completely in control and that's why some other things where you know you call in a woman a lesbian because she can beat somebody up is misogynistic it that's where you've got to draw the line I think the difference the difference is is the respect shown yeah and that too often a woman in a bikini is associated with something you know disrespectful yeah and that's what, why there's a knee-jerk reaction that a woman in a bikini is going to be a disrespectful yeah angle yeah whereas if if a man with big muscles gets his top off yeah you're not going to be at the same time calling him a beefcake and slapping him on the bottom <laughs> and telling him to get in a cup of tea love you know like no, that yeah. if that would make a little joke about that kind of behavior you, you know, it's, it's, it's silly. You wouldn't turn around to friggin' Thor in a film and go, right, love, now you've got your top off, just so you know, right, you're now going to have to die because, you know, you're pathetic, just so you know. <laughs> and by the way, you're probably gay, all right, you twat. And that's what you do And by the way, here's the smallest gun we've got because you're probably not capable, are you, you little dickwad? That's what you do to the women in those films if they get their tits out. And that's the problem. That's the line. It's You can have your eye candy. We're not stopping you have your eye candy. Go for it. Have your eye candy. There's some women who are perfect eye candy and who are very... Seven of nine was eye candy. She was, she was hard as friggin' nails. Do you know what I mean? She was seriously hard. I don't ever remember seeing Seven of Nine not being completely bitch face straight and hard. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? She and was never warm and affectionate. But you then well. still thought she was fabulous. Do you know what I mean? In her little corset and her boobs kind of perked up to the high heaven. That's eye candy. That's how women should be. You know, you can have a beautiful woman. There's no point putting a woman who's as ugly as sin on the screen. You won't go and see it. Do you know what I mean? It's well to to kind of go back to the beefcake yeah. thing. I think that it's eighties action heroes that painted them as like the muscle guy being seriously in control and alpha, whereas perhaps before muscle guys were seen as stupid, yeah, or or brawn and no brains. Whereas there hasn't been a cult, you know a similar thing for a highly beautiful woman in the revealing in the revealing outfit. It's like, well, you're a bit dumb. You're beautiful, but you're dumb. You know that's that's how that one's balanced out. And I don't think there's really been a kind of strong kind of cultural shift like it has been for beefcakes having a brain. Yeah. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren was a chemical scientist in, Expend- in Expendables too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, 
I mean, I can think of... The problem is, I think, that people... Well, where the, the sort of sexism comes out is that people come up with Hollywood, by pe- is what I mean by people. Hollywood comes up with stupid, arbitrary rules about um, things like, oh, a woman can't open an action movie. Uh, although we are now on Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Um, yeah. Silent Hill, Silent Hill. You can't have a film just full of women. Who's yeah, going to go watch that? Yeah, Bean in there and, and all of this kind yeah. of stuff. That's where it comes in. When when there is a success. I mean, one of the things about it is that... Women can't open a film. Women can't... You can't have a film full of women. Sex in the City sells out box offices. Yeah. So you can do it. If it can do it in one sense of genre, why can't you do it in another? And that's what they don't understand. How, how do you feel about the Resident Evil franchise? I like them. I do think she is Bob Hard. I don't like the fact that sometimes they do kind of make her a little bit binty just for the sake of it. And they do kind of get her naked or put her in very revealing things just for the sake of it. Um, to a certain extent, though, because it's her husband that makes them. I know. But I think, on the whole, it's not misogynistic. I think she's actually quite a cool character. What's interesting to me is that I'm not a massive fan of Resident Evil games. I, I always um, thought that the... Contra- the women that talk to each other in that, again, there's no conversation about yeah. cute boys in that. It's all about, uh, there's a thing coming at us, we better kill it. Uh, who are you? I'm Alice. Okay, right. Can you kill that? Right, thank you. I'm going to kill that. Right, okay, right. That's the whole conversation. What's, what's interesting... Um. So, yeah. yeah, sorry. What's interesting to me about that is that I'm not a massive fan of Resident Evil games. I think that their controls aren't very good, and I, I don't like the plots, and I'm, I, I just, Resident Evil games, not a fan. I like the movies, and I understand that a lot of the criticism of the movies from Resident Evil game fans is, but all the characters from the game are kind of thrown away as references, whereas it's really about this character you made up. Yeah. And it's like, and nobody else is allowed to be competent at anything. I'm like, well, yeah, but if you go back and look at Commando starring Arnold Schwarzenegger or Predator starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Nobody, none of the other guys in Predator are allowed to be good at anything. <laughs> Only Arnie. And so when Arnie does it in the 80s, that's fine. And Predator's a classic of science fiction cinema. But when a Mila Jovovich does, does, does it in the modern age, because it, it ruins your game franchise, I'm yeah. going to get, the, despite the other it. virtues of the film. And the director gets hated, even though he does a very good job at the kinds of things that he does. Yeah. So yeah, there are some. It's a shame, but yeah, she's. It's a good franchise. It tries its best to not be misogynistic, and I kind of like that. Um. So yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's possibly a place to to wind it up. We were going to make a, a big thing about how uh, great Guillermo del Toro was, and not being misogynistic. Yeah. But the more I think, Blades, about... and including three, um, women are pretty much treated equal. Um. But yeah, most of his films he treats women pretty respectfully. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the um, thing that I would the Pacific Rim was the thing that awesome. I would I would possibly take out of it is that when you actually think about it a bit more, if you make that line, it's not about you know does do do women get humiliated in this movie? I mean, the the the, the test we talked about earlier, do two women talk to each other about something other than a man? To a certain extent, that's not relevant. If the you know it could be a film about women talking about men and the yeah. relationships they're having, but as long as there's no element else. of humiliation yeah. in that idea, and the the, 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 the the where the equality inequality really lies is where are the films that where where are the cultural artifacts in which women feel that there is a need to humiliate men? Yeah. Well. Can I think of an example of one movie like that? I can't. Ian? Sue? Anyone? So, think of a movie where a man is... Where men are humiliated by women as a power trip. Uh, if it's done at all, it's to show what a complete bitch she is. For some reason, I don't know. If it, if it be done no, no, I don't mean. Actually. I don't mean. No, right. Okay, I can think of. I'd probably come up with a film where a yeah. female character humiliates a man. But I'm talking about this general, like Riddick, the female equivalent of Riddick, where there's only one man in the film and he's completely treated with disrespect by all the other characters who are all women 
throughout. Yeah. No. Uh, what's the uh, What's the terrible Carpenter Mars film? I just mentioned because that was supposed because that was supposed to be a matriarchal society, but it just translates to the women are the officers. I mean, uh, really. Uh, but anyway, that, that, that didn't really go anywhere with that plot thread. No, that that, that no, that never came across to me. I was going to say, uh, from what I remember, that the men were bossing everybody around. Well, they were all <laughs> shouting each other. Yeah. That's not quite the same thing. No, you see, that's the point. That's where the inequality lies. Is that that you know? And if they did make such a movie, I think men would cry about it like whiny little men. You know, because we don't cry about it that much, so you could only say men would moan about it. Because when you talk about all this geek rage and stuff, what we have also uncovered is that if you're going to say someone's making a big fuss and being, you know, why do we say drama queen? It's men that make all the drama at the end of the day. Where does all the commentary come from? It's all men. I don't understand what your issue is, guys. Seriously, get over yourselves. We'll, trust me, as women, I'll be the first ones to let you know when you cross a line. <laughs> purely, purely as, sorry. Most um, tolerate things. Purely as a side argument, uh, talk about the complete failure of being able to make a Wonder Woman movie after all this time, even though it's a reasonably well-known character, and DC only have so many properties they can monetize. Why, 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 why do you, well, I mean, you know, what, why do you think they failed to do that? I, I think executives are, may have a problem with having a strong woman in the part. I don't know. I, I don't like want it. Eight seasons of Xena, Xena Warrior Princess, which is essentially... Well, I'm, I'm here going, why can't these guys get their act together and do a Wonder Woman movie? You know, not even a bad Wonder Woman movie has materialised here's, yet. Here's my, here's my take on that. Who's going to go, on to go and watch a Wonder Woman movie? Well, it's, it's a well-known DC property. But who wants they've, to go... They've, they've, scraped, they've scraped barrels deeper than that. Do you want to see a Wonder Woman movie? No. no. Who wants to go see an Iron Man movie? You know, nowadays it's a fairly easy question to answer. Ah, it's well, just, it's, you have to take on the... the, the um, th- this is the problem. It's a, a, we've hoist... Men are hoist by their own petard. Women will allow men to watch Iron Man because it's all robots and explosions. Because... You know, they go, well, at least I get to look at Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. being suave this for is an hour and a half. At least forget Robert okay? Downey Jr. Wonder Woman is the polar opposite of that. Of course men want to go and see some, you know, six-foot tall Amazon woman yeah. with Amazon. her breasts bouncing all over the place for an hour. Of course, they, of course they do. What's in it for the woman? Why would a woman, quote-unquote, allow a man? So no, no women watch Xena? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying they didn't watch it. In fact, I understand, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the demographic of Xena was. What I'm saying is that it's like... Xena as well crossed a fine line between comedy and action, uh, fantasy, kind of, you know what I mean? It was very camp. It was very, very camp. And again, they made her a lesbian, and again, they did a lot of things that were kind of almost pushing the line a little bit and a lot of women got a little offended about some of the things they did but they kind of did that with everybody they made everybody an idiot they made the men an idiot in Xena as well Wonder Woman they, you know full well they're going to do you know the men are going to be men and the Wonder Woman's going to be the woman running around in with the tits half out. We know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. For those people... I mean, yes, the point is that I think that everybody said if they were going to do... I mean, apart from anything else, let's let's just look at her title here. And, you know, Superman gets to be Superman. Batman gets to be Batman. Yeah, Iron Superman. Man Iron Man. Iron Man. And then there's Wonder Woman. Oh, I wonder whether she'll remember to bring the eggs home. I wonder whether she's wearing a bra or not. I wonder if she's got a tampons from the corner shop. Yeah, the point (laughs) is that the actual name of the character is immured in a 1930s kind of... Uh, Sue, I would remind you, there is a media conspiracy to suppress the fact that menstruation occurs. I would like to admit in my ignorance, thank you. (laughs) But anyway, no, but the point is... But the point is that it's... that, That if you could take that I mean, this is people got very excited about the prospect of Joss Whedon doing a Wonder Woman movie, and and there was actually, I think, some traction behind it. 
except that Joss Whedon, because they imagined that Joss Whedon would subvert the essential essence of Wonder Woman in making the movie. Now, in conversations that we have had, which are probably waiting for another day, I don't think he probably would have got it right. I think he's good at what he's good at, and ironically, that's not one of the things that he's good at. That probably will require a show on its own yeah. to explain yeah. that. Just um, he's fabulous at what he does, but there's a whole reason why he should stick to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Guillermo del Toro did a Wonder Woman movie, it'd probably be fine because Guillermo it'd, del Toro. It'd be too odd. It'd be too odd for people. This but, is, you know, you, you can you can massage the costume. The costumes, you know, all costumes are getting updated these days. Even Superman's costume has been toned right down. So it, the costume isn't necessarily a huge thing. The name, no, but, the name is a bit of a crap name. No, but, but the whole point about it is, it's like, well, what, it, what is the film about? Wonder Woman, if I remember rightly, was a woman who ran around dealing with every... It, it was an actual woman who ran around dealing with everyday city corporation problems. Political problems, those kind of things. Well, no, no, no. Well, that's, you're talking about television series. That's what I'm saying. So how would they make a film out of that? Well, they're not making a film of it. That's like uh, Tim Burton's Batman with a, a, an adaptation of the 1960s. So what were they going to do with her? Well, she you know, she, she'd leave her Isle of Paradise. Oh, no, but she like does in the comics. Them. She yeah. does all sorts of stuff in the comics. But the point is, yes, the last time that they made a Wonder Woman property, it was the Linda Carter 1970s TV series, which was enormously successful. And the point was that I think the the thing that's a sort of a shameful, you know, fact is that that television series pretty much sums up what people think Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman is. is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I think Wonder Woman is. So did so did the, the original 1960s Batman film summed up what Batman was for people. It's changed now. He's the Dark Knight now. I mean, it's even even Tim Burton. How much mess it took to get through all of that? Yeah, I mean, where's the where's the Dark Knight? Where's Frank Miller's Noir reinterpretation of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Where's the one where she's? Where's the one where Wonder Woman's an old woman and she's not sure that she's quite got it together, but she pulls it together to do something brave? Where's that comic? Where's that? Where, in order to get Batman from Adam West to Christian Bale, the comics industry in the eighties and nineties did this not huge only that, but the poll. Film industry. I mean, isn't Wonder Woman or wasn't Wonder Woman until a few years ago married to Superman or something yeah. stupid like that? It's like no, there's this yeah. on again, off again thing right, that that's always well, implied. It's a, usually on, in alternate universes. Nineteen sixty screwball time. You know, well, they have, there's a thing. Well, the, because they're both essentially demigods, uh, so they, they kind of there's this kind of like thing. Well, they're kind of a natural pairing as as equals. Because Wonder Woman is magic-based, and so therefore can cut and kill Superman. I thought there was something kind of... I mean, I think there was something very interesting about the fact... You know, this is the subversion part of it. And possibly, you know, it's quite threatening to men, this idea. That Wonder Woman was still Wonder Woman in the 1970s TV series. And there was that guy with the big hair and the fluffy shirts and the... Hey, you know, 60% of the time it works all the time. And he was like, yeah, she likes me because she's my secretary and, you know, I dominate her. Where really, all the television audience knew, this was Wonder Woman putting up with that Steve guy. And she still liked him, but she's like, you're an idiot, really. Underneath, she I'm going to rescue you again from the Nazis. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just that, I mean, that, that, that was an interesting relationship. She was in no, he believed he was dominating her. She was tolerating him. She actually kind of liked him. And that's, I think that's, for men, that's kind of threatening. What if my wife, what if my girlfriend, what if the person I'm with, I'm not better than her? What if she's better than me and she's tolerating me and my shortcomings? What do you mean, like, I tolerate yeah, you? Yeah, well, no, but exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's a, I think like, you're you know, back onto a romantic comedy character uh, uh, story arcs again. So yeah, so th- th- these are many reasons why yeah. Wonder Woman is likely to be problematic. So I think that that sews it up, and I think we probably overtalk. But then it was a very special episode. So, so we're probably going to have to do it. So back you to know, this I remember, I remember back in episode three or something, Ian. It was three or four. You said something about not getting bloodied on the hunt and nobody coming and telling you you were an idiot and how you feel that you know you you haven't really experienced podcasting. If any episode is liable to, 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 to raise a reaction, I think it's going to be this one. How are you feeling at the prospect of that? Uh, I don't think I've said anything that's 
terrible. Well, we'll find out. I play devil's advocate sometimes, but it's clearly that I, I'm not understating the position. I don't actually necessarily follow. So people follow. beside themselves with rage, Ian, and, and wish that they cannot, you know, somebody's wrong on the internet and it's us. Where do they go to tell us that? Well, one place you could go to tell us what awful human beings we are would be our Facebook page. Uh, which would be uh, Facebook forward slash Revenge of the 80s Kids, and that's 80s as in numbers, since it's 80s. Uh, please go there and like our podcast if you can bear to do so. Uh, but at least that will give you the opportunity to comment, and, li- and we post our podcast there, and we put links there that interest us. Occasionally there's discussions. Who knows? One could be coming soon. Um, but, if it, but, our, but our loathful podcast can be found at thepodomatic.com, which I will quickly click on now. Which is, uh, it's Revenge of the 80s Kids, and that's, uh, 80s as in letters, that's E-I-G-H-T-S, 88s, that's 8s. See, I can't, I'm dyslexic, so spelling off the top of my head's bad. It's 80s as you, as you would write it, uh, uh at, pod, at podomatic.com. Uh, please go there, please subscribe to our podcast using the podcast aggregator of your choice or download it directly to your PC for dark reasons of your own. Uh, we can also be found on other parts of the internet. Leo, for example. Yes, I can be found at leostableford.blogspot.com uh, and I can also be found writing a fairy tale serial at bridgetowntales.blogspot.com. Um, I'm imagining as well by this time, although I have no way of checking this, that you could probably find Revenge of the 80s Kids on iTunes and things like that. But like I say, I've never checked that, so I don't know. Um, oh, and Sue, type into Google. You? I think our Facebook page is the first hit. Sue, first can hit. we find you anywhere on the internet? No, not really. No. Unfortunately, I just hover around. Um, but yeah, I think if anybody's going to get any backlash off this, it probably is going to be me as the mass army of geek men come to uh, invade. I'm waiting for you, boys. <laughs> I've got my shoes ready. (laughs) Long heels as well. Yeah. Um, In fact, they don't look so much like shoes, more like stilettos, like the traditional kind of handle in the hand. There's nowhere to really put a foot in those things. Uh, Anyway, yes. So uh, on that bombshell, uh, we shall bid you all adieu, uh, as I shall. Goodbye. Bye. Farewell.